I know that there is a lot of harsh language in the book of Isaiah, but in the midst of this, you see that the, 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 the eagerness and the passion of the prophet is not only just to show what God is about to do to them as a judgment, but there is this glimpse of hope. And the passage that we're, all, uh, we're going to be journeying with is the passage of hope. Now, we need to understand that as a prophet, he's got a difficult job to do. But being a prophet is a difficult job. And we're going to look at, at, at this verse. I'm going, to, I'm going to read the passage. And I want for us to pause a little bit and just to take it in. And I know that we've sang a, a, a fantastic song earlier on. And I, if I could have that song with the, with the two slides next to one another on the background while I'm sharing, um, I think it's, it's, it's great. I'm going to read the passage first. And we're going to read the, the first seven, chapter, seven verses of chapter 9. Um, and the church's Bible is in page 487. So here we've got a prophet who loves God, loves his people, and he sees that the nation is an America. The moral, spiritual status of the nation is a mess. 
their relationship that has been a covenant relationship with God Almighty is the harmony is distorted. They couldn't care less anymore about Jehovah. They've even introduced a high worship in the temple. They've had wrong leadership of kings that have gone astray and they've, they're not interested anymore. And yet there is a faithful remnant that are remembering that actually they've got this, this passion that has been long burning and they've got this relationship with Jehovah and they want to restore it because they know that they're in a mess, because they've messed up. And here we've got Isaiah who is actually trying to, to bring this, this, this kind of idea of hope in the midst of misery. It's not only internal, internally that they're in pickle, morally and spiritually, but they are aware that because they've had this divided kingdom now, they're, they're more prone to be attacked and lose their national identity and to lose their, what they've stood for from the other countries. So there is this, 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 this awareness that actually they're messed up. And Isaiah comes into the picture. Read the whole book. It's really exciting, although it's gruesome. <coughs> but he, you know, chapter 7, he's going to talk about Emmanuel. How much more do the people want to hear when they're in distress, when they're in a pickle, when they're messed up, to hear the message that God has not abandoned us. He is with us, Emmanuel. Then comes chapter 9, and he's talking about this hope that actually is going to come through, <coughs> through unknown circumstances. And we know later, because we, we've got the New Testament and we've got 2,000 years of church history. But can you imagine being in the midst of these people and being given this prophecy that unto us a child is born? A son is given. And it's not just going to be a random, another person, another king like the, the kings that have been there previously, like Ahaz and what the rest. It's not going to be King Hezekiah and Josiah that is going to reform the spiritual nation. He's going to be much bigger than that. And there is this guts in this prophecy because he's saying that although you are messed up, although this is a, 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 a tragedy where we put our relationship with God, there is hope. And he is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And yet there is 700 years for them to wait for this prophecy to be fulfilled. 
So having this prophetic voice, in one sense, is really risky. Because people in that generation say, well, where is this then, this promise? When is going to come? How long, O Lord, should we wait? Don't you see that in the Psalms? And yet, Isaiah has to be faithful. And he has to give this message that the God has given to them. Now, when we look at the book of Isaiah, there is different, different levels. Uh, some commentators have, have given, there are three or four voices that come uh, through the book. And I just wanted to stop to, to a description that I, I really find very attractive. Father Brudemann has characterized three voices in the book of Isaiah that, that encompass the, the whole message of the book. And, and in one sense, I think that's, that's our response as we, as we look to this Advent series. What are we going to do? So the first, the, the first voice is that, that Isaiah is taking this, this, um, this job seriously and he is an ambassador. So if you look at Isaiah chapter 6, he says, Who is there to be sent? Lord, send me. So what he means by that is that, that Isaiah embraces the public pain, but at the same time he, 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 he releases, I mean, Father Brugman says this, the public embrace of pain releases social imaginations of freedom, energy and courage. So he realizes that, that, the, that, that his nation is in a pickle. And he says, who's there to stand? Lord, send me. What a task. What an ask. What a challenge. The second voice that, that, that comes in the, in the, throughout the whole book of, of Isaiah is this, what is called the pastoral poetry. And, and, and it recognizes the voice of pain and grief in community, realizing that the contrived world did not link with the reality. And that's why you've got moments where you hear Isaiah's heart pour out. So it's this pastoral poet that comes in and out of the book and, 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 and speaks out and says, no, we need to engage with this pain. And then the third voice, which is um, very, very clear, is it's the, it's the prophetic voice. So the way, I like the way uh, Brueggemann has put it, it says, it's a radical, sustained critique of the dominant ideology of the culture on the conviction that all social transformation begins with social criticism. So there is this element that he is drawing that all his stuff, that his, his, his revelation has come from God and he is going to challenge the status quo and he is not going to hold back. 
So there's this element of being an ambassador, there's an element of being creative, poetic, pastoral, and there is an element of being prophetic. And as we bring this verse into our midst, I'd like for us to be thinking, as God's church, how can we work in looking at the descending, the, the ambassador's element of who we are in this world in the 21st century, knowing very well the state of the society that we live in? What is our attitude? And it's not only about the attitude, but what is, what is our, our given responsibility that we are being faithful? Who is it, Lord? Send me. And as a church, instead of us talking a little bit more about judgment, let's be creative and let's be poetic by dealing with the pains and the griefs and, and the shortfalling of our culture and our communities. And embrace that posture. And we say, actually, there is hope. Because to us, a son is given. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And as a church, as God's people, we've got the, the, we've got the task of being a prophetic and the question that I have is how are we being faithful to this task that God has given us? Where do we draw our courage to be speaking what God has put into our hearts to reach out into our communities, to reach out into our neighborhoods, to reach out and, 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 and have a say Prophets were never popular. They'll never be popular. <clears throat> prophets will be forgotten before their prophecies are fulfilled. The question here is faithfulness. So as God's people, as God's church, as we look and as we prepare ourselves for, for, for Advent, how are we tuning in? with us being ambassadors, pastoral poets, creative and prophetic in the same time. It's Advent, it's preparation, it's exciting. This is not a telling off series of sermons. This is a, an exciting series of sermons where we think there is hope. And you and I are the ambassadors of the hope in Jesus. There is hope. And you and I, I are those pastoral poets of, of presenting that hope that people can connect in that way that they say, yes, I want it. And you know what? Hope is prophetic in itself. Because it speaks into darkness, it speaks into gloominess, it speaks into things where actually they're hopeless. Haven't we got an exciting task 
this Advent? Haven't we got a, a, a great opportunity to, to be talking about that hope that is in us? Any given opportunity. Because there's God's people. We are His ambassadors. As God's people, we are His poetic pastor reaching out to the communities and prophets. I wrote here that when we sang that song, the bottom line is, you my prince of peace, and I will live up my life for you.